What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 152 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. We've been doing this podcast for <laughs> at least 152 a long, episodes. A long time. Yeah. It's kind of rad. It's it's pretty cool. And one of the things that I think has been you know, most rewarding is the ability to go to a professional tournament, show up, and then be able to motivate a pro like Richard Wysocki right. to show up and just really dominate. Well, so I went to a professional tournament. You did. And so what I want to ask you, because I know that you played a key factor in his resurgence. So is he the kind of guy, did you have to like, you know, build up his confidence? Like, Rick, you're you great guy. You're, or did you go in there and you're like, Rick, you're a piece of shit. You no, suck. well, I want the I want the Happy Gilmore rap. Okay, so like I I didn't go to talk to him because I was like I don't want to be starstruck and worried about <laughs> it. I just stayed like far off in the sidelines and I was just all like, Rick, you suck. <laughs> and he took care of business. Yeah, it it uh, uh, watching it from home. I knew you were there, but watching it post produced. Several days later, I knew that you had to have played a role in it because he was just—he was pumped, he was demonstrative, he was dunking on people. He was—he was like, "Oh, you can grow facial hair. Look at you! Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you what's up. Look at this fucking perfect, like, two hundred fifty foot pig forehand, bitch." Yeah, exactly. So I knew that you had done something. I just want to know whether you were. Like whispering sweet nothings to him and telling him, you know how pretty he is and what a great throw he's got, or if you were just getting down and telling him that he was nothing and that Paul Macbeth, you know, is going to take his lunch money and motivating him in that manner. Uh, yeah, I mean all of the above. Yes, uh, but you know what I did do, and I don't know that I even talked about this in the pre-show. I did make an effort to uh, catch Steve Dodge. On Ooh. the course when I was there on Sunday, yeah, um, a little turtle tap. <laughs> no, so I followed a uh, friend of the show, Spirit Pro of the show, Jeff Faze on his final round. Nice, and uh, Steve Dodge actually followed behind with uh, another. I don't know a friend of the show, but I met him at Daylon. He's in our Slack group. Uh, the dude who owns THC dot com. Nice. He, he and uh, Steve were walking the course together, chatting it up. But I made sure to go up to Steve and and let him know um, that I I was I was stoked on the coverage, the live, like things are are working out. And I did have a moment. He's like, "Yeah, you know, give us five months, and we'll we'll figure it out." And I was like, "Ha ha ha!" I was like, "You know what? We like pretty much." regularly tell people not to listen to episodes before like 20 <laughs> like we definitely like at one point we got a mic and life was much better and our podcast was much better yeah because the sound was good and and we didn't have to huddle next to each other like hobos over a trash can fire trying yeah. to speak into a mic like a small usb mic right like that's real and i'm like i appreciate that notion that's that is the real deal like you need time and honestly and we'll get into it more later um but i even watch like the the par save productions or whatever yep quality across the board yeah the, they're starting the, to figure it out the live there was there was a little 
little bit of like yeah. camera yeah. work that I was like, come on, guys. Yes. But for sure, overwhelmingly, I, I, in comparison to the first few tournaments, um, huge improvement. I'm hoping that by next year, they will have figured out the camera work stuff. Or at least, like, uh, I, in theory, say the people that they use this year, they'll use them again next year. And right. so those people will therefore have learned, you know, how to film disc golf. Hopefully, or yeah, that makes sense. if we're still just going by the plan of let's hire a person that knows how to operate a camera and throw them out there, it's going to be a problem no matter what. Right. So, well, I, so my hope is, and this is all hope, um, that some of the formula that uh, what's going right, they continue. Um, do you want to just talk about <laughs> what we're doing this episode and then we'll get into it? Because I'm basically just like ready to roll right You're into it. jumping SF right open. into it. We yeah. already did. Ba- I mean, it, and granted, it wasn't your fault. I did that. No, no, no. It's fine. I jumped in with the whole Ricky Wysocki, you know, motivating him to, to uh, become the beast that he is. So I, I set the stage for it. So for that, I'm sorry. And we've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk about San Francisco Open. Recap the winners, recap the uh, events of the weekend, and talk about how that went. We are going to preview the Masters Cups. Masters, Masters Cup. Man, Robin can talk tonight. Good God. We may or may not have just watched a great basketball game and had yeah. some beverages. Apologies, but uh, we will uh, give our picks for the Masters Cup, and there is also a skins match that happened earlier today that we'll we'll talk a little bit about, too, that was filmed by Jomez, so uh, we'll... We'll hit that for a second, and then we'll do our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Streamline Discs Flare, which is a nine-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, 3.5 fade. Thanks, Julian. Distance driver? Fairway driver? Fairway driver. All right. I mean, technically, when you talk about numbers and stuff, it's a in your mind we've come across before. It's a control driver. It's a fairway in my mind. Yeah. So, well, it just depends because like you have Discmania calling it an FD three, like in that same range. So like they're calling a fairway driver. That's what that stands for. So there's like different. It's a it's definitely a definitely a gray area. I mean, eh, it's a fairway. So like I can I'll give you I'll give you that. Uh, and we're going to pair that with Boat Show IPA by Yellow Springs Brewery, which was sent to us by Mike Fonderhyde, Midwest Mike, in our Slack group. But uh, Thank you, sir. Thank you for sending that. He actually works there. so Oh, that's rad. We're going to have to be uh, very friendly about the beer. I don't think it's going to be a problem, to be honest. No, I, I, so I far. I may or so may far, not so have already had a couple of them. I would like to just out front, get in front of this. I'm very, very sorry that we did not pair Boat Show with the Corvette. We thought about we th- we thought about trying to just like throw it in right now because um, I I threw the Corvette a ton. Robin refused, and I secretly had him throw one one time. I'm still on my Corvette boycott, so I, I can't. I mean, you threw one already. That you can't prove that. It, to me, that was a groove. Like it just turned over. It did some crazy stuff. Like I. Yeah. It was kind of that was a wild one actually. That was not the same as the Corvettes I've thrown, uh, but we'll, we'll we will review the lifted truck at some point. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's more of a battle for it, but you know, it's not. I I just 
I don't think it's worthy. I, I'm pretty sure by the time we get to it, no one's going to care anymore. Let's yeah, no, we're way. fine. We're fine. So that's what we got. All right. SF Open. Disc Golf Pro Tour event. We had live coverage. They put it back on YouTube this time. Thank goodness. Which was great. Um, not that the, the DGPT.TV site wasn't great, but it wasn't. <laughs> not that it wasn't, but it wasn't. They just didn't have the bandwidth. Like, that's one of the beautiful things that comes with YouTube is... They don't have the bandwidth limits of a WordPress blog. No. No. They uh, have pretty much limitless. It's basically based on your connection, not what they have. And And it was lovely. And... There's just something beautiful too of like like being able to get to work pretty much and have FPO rocking, and then like the break in the middle of the day was the worst part for me because like I don't have disc golf for like three hours. It's dumb. <laughs> like I'm so spoiled. I want to just keep watching it. But the coverage was quality. Um, Nate and Val, surprise, surprise, super fucking good. Mm-hmm. And I love how I already made it explicit like five minutes in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we already I'm, I'm sure did we something. Did. I think I'm I sure dropped something earlier, but it's um, okay. And then, you know, you just But get- also, Nate, for for any of you who don't remember, I'm pretty positive Nate was on the lead card final day last year at SFO. So he knows this course very well. Yes, he does. Um, I was excited. They did change some of the pars and change some tee pads. They did a little work- Hole seven is still ridiculous. I still don't yep. really dig anything they're doing there, but everything else, I feel like they made really good adjustments. Um, I think I talked about this last week that I was like, oh man, when the Shans were on, I just got hammered and like yelled back and forth with <laughs> Sean Jack and never talked anything but uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour. I wish I would have asked questions. Anyways, figured out the answers to said questions <laughs> uh, when the tournament rolled out, and and they did a good job. I, I really like the adjustments they made to the holes that were kind of like the tweeners. They, you know, on hole six, they made it a four, but moved the tee pad back, which makes total sense. Like that's yep. a that's a great that's a great amendment to that. Um, they figured it out. I I like it. They, uh, I really liked a lot of the adjustments, and they were minor, but uh, they still made a big difference. And the biggest thing that that was, you know, the major factor was the wind. And oh my gosh, it was it so was windy! So much more windy than it was. And we should note that it's generally kind of windy in San Francisco, and it's not uncommon. But for whatever reason, last year it was not this windy. It wasn't. It wasn't. And I was there two days last year. I was I was at SFO this year for only one day, and it was mega wind. I think I felt like the wind one of the days I was I think I was there for three days. Shoot. Yeah. Um, it was insane, and it was the same wind from what I've heard and talked to people the entire time. Yeah. It it looked brutal. Like I I couldn't even believe. And I should say like Kevin Jones on with uh with Ian doing the post-produced coverage was just in awe of a lot of the putts he was seeing as he a result of it was so good in yeah. that cover like i've heard other coverages where i talked about i think shoot last week i talked about him and goat hill and how good he was um he but just when- was so candid and fun like there was yeah. there was a point like i think hole one was like 
oh, you're not going to run that because like it's scary. He's like, oh, scared of my mind. Like, yeah. He was yeah. like so candid and just like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to mess that. But when a pro of that caliber is impressed by the putts and like wondering how it's happening, and then same same thing with Seppo. You know, he in his uh, he did I believe the final round. Yeah, he did the final. Um, and he was similarly impressed with the the putting in the conditions. Uh, well, I mean, sorry, Seppo, but you should probably be impressed by any amount of putting. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah, that sorry. was super brutal. Listen, he... Seppo, I understand you. <sighs> he has the um, the the Lazat <laughs> disease. It's probably worse than that. I would oh, say. Oh yeah. It's probably called like a Robin disease. But it's not that bad. <laughs> Maybe current Robin. Maybe current Robin. Robin of like three weeks ago. That would have been an insult and a half. Well, even more so than it already is. Um, hey, I'm 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 pretty much fixed now. That's what I said. That's what I'm saying. Like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it was a very different Robin putting. Um, but no, th- th- it was crazy. It was super crazy wind and. Um, Affected putts, basically every hole. Affected drives, up shots, every hole. Pretty, pretty insane. Um, you know, there's lots of uncharacteristic out of bounds plays and things like that. Just, just due to the wind. I mean, Simon on the final round on the island hole threw the best drive out of the bunch, and the wind just pushed him and pinned his disc against the, totally, the wall. That was yeah. garbage. That and sucks. It, it's interesting because last year the string was on the outside of the wall. Yep, and it saved uh, Gerthy's Earhart. Air, well, yeah, we, but we saw Earhart's yeah. get saved, and and Gerthy's did too. So, um, but this year the string was on the inside of the, maybe perhaps I'm mixing holes. So, forgive me if I'm if I mess that oh, up. Oh yeah, I was talking about I was talking about hole three. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like I feel like the strings were all on the back of the walls. In, in every case, but I, I could be wrong on that. So what we're talking about, it was basically Simon Zott through drive. There are the barrier walls, the Keen. They had like a Keen advertisement on them, the, the shoe company. Um, and there is the walls themselves are not, they're technically OB. They're more advertisement than they are anything else. Yeah. They're, they're not me- meant to stop discs. Yeah, well, I, I they think they do. are to some degree. Well, I, yeah. I've, I've heard it said by someone that they're there for advertisement. Oh, of course, yeah. No, oh, yeah. their primary role. But there is a string line on the inside of those walls that is actually the demarcation for the OB. So what happened was that Simon Lazat's disc got uh, a skip and then blown against the wall with the wind. So it was literally standing perfectly straight up against a wall with a string right inside of it. And was OB by uh, maybe a fraction of a millimeter. Oh yeah, like yeah, it it was rough. So it, an unusual circumstance to say the least. But no, we've totally. also seen when we were there last year, we were uh, following Phase and Brian Earhart, and he had a disc that he came up short and came in bounds very similarly where his disc leaned against the wall the string was on the back of the wall right and he was in bounds because the nose of his disc was overlapping the string right so there was kind of like there's those two sides of it whereas you know i would think that what they were thinking they saw that and they realized that 
a shot that was inside deserves to be more inbounds than than the one that hits the back of the wall and manages yeah. to stay in. No, totally. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I get it's both a, sides of it. It's a tough convo. Brutal regardless. Um, still had a, had a good round. I think, um, you know, we. it's obvious. We all know um, Paul McBeth is washed up. Yes. He's not Clearly. good at disc golf anymore. <sighs> you know. It so- was a fun run. Like, it's cool. He made his money. He made money for Discraft. Yeah. Uh, you know, retirement will be great. Typical Paul second place Macbeth just coming out to a tournament, getting second place. It's uh, but you know who I want to talk about the most out of all of them? Katrina Allen. She's a beat. Like we don't even talk about that. Yeah. Like top of the top of the chart. Listen. Uh, no, I want to talk about sixth place, twenty two down. Avery Jenkins. Yeah, I thought you were going Garrett Gerthy, frankly. But no, Girth just is not because he threw a disc seven hundred feet or whatever. But he he did he did. Um, but no, Avery Jenkins th- threw a great tournament. Yeah, it's great to see big man on top. And I walked by him, and he is a large man. Yes, he is. He is a, he is a very strong looking uh, gentleman. Um, you know, a lot of times when you run with these like disc golfers, I'm like, oh, they're they're quite small. Like I uh, definitely. May have had a couple twenty twos and walked by Garrett Gerthy like way afar away from like the lead card and was like, "Hey Garrett, I do a podcast. <laughs> You're rad." And then hit behind and then a I, bush. And then I shook. And then I shook. <laughs> and then I shook his hand and continued to walk. He's like, "Thanks." And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go away now." You I, didn't, I didn't tell that you the story. Happen. Oh, it totally happened. Oh God! No, it totally didn't. It didn't happen like that, though, did it? I mean, real close. I wasn't like that, <laughs> like wild out, but I definitely was like, "Hi, Gary Gerthy. My name is Joe, and I do a podcast." <laughs> do you want to make out? I mean, uh, I hate myself. <laughs> and then I peed myself and and ran away. Wow. Okay. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> it was fine. It was cool. Uh, I'm like ingrained in his memory as like just a rad dude. Uh huh. Yeah, it's fine. I could probably, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's was very impressed with the fact that you're able to continue on he's after like, he's peeing like, yourself. He was like, "Whoa, bro, you're blasting some nips right now." I was like, <laughs> it's cold. It's cold. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that was exactly. So I, I, I believe you were talking about uh, Avery Jenkins, but then you just then I went to Garrett. Well, you brought up Garrett went on Garthy, to your your Garrett went, Gush. Yeah, well, Garrett, listen, if that wasn't, I think I brought this up a couple episodes ago, Garrett Gerthy is, we always have one of the furthest throwers in the game, but we're always like, well, Eagle and Simon, blah, blah. Like, I, I think backhand, he could easily be number one. He just crushes. With wild form, I don't know how it works, but he throws insane distances. He he definitely has unconventional form, especially he he seems to cross his arms yeah, in the middle of it. Totally, and and I don't know if it's just he's so he's like he's, he's so like fast. little Bobby Music. Yeah, it's something like that. It, so it's it's pretty wild that he's able to generate that much power. But I think he's also just really really good at 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 the understable plastic he throws no he throws 
Metal Flake destroy. He throws the most stable like he can get in, well, I know, in, destroyer, but in destroyer molds. I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're it, right. In destroyer molds for a guy that th- can throw 700 feet. Yeah. So, but like you see that throw, and he throws a very high angle, and the disc just turns and turns and turns and turns and turns, and then finally finishes. Has time to come back. Yeah. So, like that's what he's doing. He's like a. It, whereas you'll see um, Eagle or Ricky. They're doing like a little baby Anheuser type thing. They're throwing something more overstable than Garrett's throwing and putting a little bit more anti-flex on it. Not recently. Eagle's been getting his distance with DD3s, which I think are less stable. That's true. But I was talking specifically that hole and the shots they were throwing. That's true. Well, Eagle threw like... I was disappointed by Eagle throwing just a straight PD final round. Rick got some some deep shots on that one. In the earlier rounds, he actually went OB. He did the first two rounds. Yeah. And then he finally figured it out and just had like a layup to, yeah. to get after it. All right. So you ready to uh, move on to FPO? Cat's real good. We haven't, I, I should say, actually, let me jump back because I didn't give the final standings for MPO. Oh, do you want me to do it? We started this like two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, you're really good at it. I like it. Uh, let's, can you go down a little bit more? Because just, I feel like 11th is worth uh, bringing up. So, 11th, I'm going to start at the bottom, work up. 11th, a tie between Conrad and Orem. And Conrad had an amazing second round um, and then just tapered off a little bit to uh, to finish in 11th. Seppo, just we talked about it earlier, um, amazing at times and, and frustrating at times. Are you going to say where they, where they placed? In 10th. Conrad and Orem were 19 11. down. Oh, 19. Oh, sorry. At uh, 22 down. You didn't even say Orem, first of all. So Okay. And you didn't even say that Seppo was 20 down. In <laughs> tied for sixth place was Anthony Barella, Simon Lazat, Kevin Jones, Avery Jenkins. I talked about Avery a whole bunch. Anthony Barella had an amazing first and second round. Um, you could tell on the course like being there and watching him and then also watching coverage that his knee was really bothering me. He like adopted a, a pretty crazy little skip. Um, does it make me an old man that I want him to cut his hair? Yes, it does. I think he should cut his hair. I think if Paul went to him and said, Hey, you need to cut that. I, I he think, would do I it. think he does. He, he doesn't do have to cut it a lot, but I, I think he needs to take three, four inches off. Listen, it was glorious. Um, but he was on the lead card final round and, and had just had a rough final round and ended up in sixth. He also, if you've seen the video, that he hit an ace, a 520-foot, 25-foot ace. So they have this whole thing um, after the first round where you throw from the top, like basically where all the food is, all that stuff, down at a basket they put out at 525 but the first round that there's, I think, 30 disc golfers throwing is a CTP, for, the, and then the top five from the CTP get to throw to get the ace to get 20,000. His ace was during the qualifying round. Oh, so he got no. the CTP to basically qualify to be one of the five to throw for an ace. That's brutal. Yeah, so it was cool, but it didn't mean anything for him that's so brutal making big tons of money god 
But st- like, but it was very clear that those. That's are the one of those contests that's insured, though. Oh, so, for like, sure. That's oh, the whole 100%. reason. The whole reason that contest was possible was because of that. Was to eliminate, you know, potential aces. So, jerks. Regardless, it was super fun. Um, Lazat, we talked about too. I mean, final round he had a seven birdie stretch, but then he had a a, a bogey. Two bogeys and a double bogey. His his putt just was inconsistent. Just flat. Like, there was multiple holes that he was CTP and missed the putt. Yeah, definitely. Quite a few of them, as a matter of fact. And was, you know, pretty demonstrative on a few of them. And I feel like his, his double was a double flyby. Like, it was a three putt. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't OB. It wasn't any crazy. It was just a three-putt that he should have just easily had. Yeah. Um, Kevin Jones looks like he put together some some pretty eagles, but had some rough times here and there. He talked about it. The wind kind of got after him. But I, I still feel like a six for for Jones here is pretty darn good. A 22 down. I, I think he's coming into his own right now. He's getting that them prodigy Ds figured out. Um, Avery, we talked about stoked. To see that name. Well, how here. about that that final round too? Eleven down, bogey no, free, no bogeys. That's Just pretty clean awesome. Disc golf. Ricky Wysocki only one bogey on the weekend. That's wild. So that is wild. Uh, Adam Hammis. Um, so we, I should note that Avery Jenkins, Kevin Jones, Simon Lazat, Anthony Barella all tied sixth place at twenty two down. I said that, uh, but that's fine. Adam Hammes threw tied a course record at twelve down uh, to finish twenty three under. Another bogey free twelve down. Uh, Eagle threw a minus eight uh, to get a, a minus twenty five for the weekend to tie for third with Calvin Heimberg, who also tied the course record for a, a twelve down round uh, three. Just clean golf too. No, no bogeys. Um, it seems crazy how much wind we saw that they were able to to pull these scores off. I get it. Some of these par fours are fairly routine in terms of of executing your shot and making your putt, but making those putts in this wind was not easy. So right, and here's and then here's Paul McBeth who came from the chase card, yeah, to roll into second place with a twelve down with a bogey, yeah, with a bogey, tie the course record with a bogey. Uh, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Course record would have been cool, but uh, Rick just ran away with it. Yeah, another another bogey free round for Rick. Can you click with on, an eagle? Can you click on? Oh, it's it's right there. Um, did he? Can you click on round one? Yeah, sure. Was he? Okay, so he went wire to wire. Or no? Um, I believe he did. Yeah. Yeah, wire to wire. Yeah, and then his only bogey was hole 15 in the second round. So, Gosh, he played yeah. such a great tournament. Yeah. Um, and this course is just a – the wind makes it brutal. I think we talked about it last week. It is, the in my mind, like the most diverse – ball golf course you're going to see just oh absolutely it's not, and i don't think it's even close uh, just the one thing that's really unique about it is the elevation you know you play you see a lot of ball golf uh courses that are 
then converted for disc golf, and they are generally pretty flat because that's very common for for golf courses. Yep. But uh, Glen Eagles has a ton of elevation to work with, and that's probably what makes it unique. And they also have the huge tree lines. So totally. So I do want to step back because I'm looking totally wrong, and I should have remembered. Uh, Anthony Barella had the lead rolling into uh, round two. Okay. So he threw a 53. He threw uh, the best round day one. uh, Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, Anthony Barella had the lead in round one. So definitely not wired And a part of that, too. And he's the young guy. And like I said, his knee was not doing well. Um, and because of that, he played a little bit smarter. It was probably the extra weight, uh, from his hair. You no, know, I don't like think so. The rotation there a, of there the drive. There was a great moment in round two watching live where I think on hole five, he ended up in the, like the little bush tree or whatever to like pass the tee on the right or pass the basket on the right mm-hmm. and had a really obstructed look at the basket. And Nate was like, he's just going to lay up. He should just lay up. Yeah. Like it's like it's like twenty five feet in like crazy wind, and like as Nate is talking, he stopped himself. He's like, you know what? Stop talking. He ran the putt, smashed it, and then he came. And then Nate came back. And was like, you know, when I was eighteen, I definitely would have gone for that. Yeah. And that's when I got to realize <laughs> that that I'm thirty three. Which when he said that, I was like, oh yeah, he's younger than us. Shit. Yep. Um, that he was like, when I was eighteen, I ran everything. Like that's a part of it and you the confidence is a big piece but i just love that he like had the moment of like you know what go for it kid yeah you you Get do you it. and he did and he smashed it which is way better than me it was just like and then i think old he, man making fun of his head and then i think he like bogey the next hole <laughs> but whatever <laughs> of course <laughs> you know it's all good <clears throat> uh but it was great great coverage everywhere uh the live the post um well let's hit let's hit fbo FBO. Oh, yeah um, so F page Birkus had a, a great round one, uh, took the lead and then, uh, Katrina Allen's like, Oh shit, I got to do disc golf stuff. And, uh, did, did, did real well. I think she went in with a f- five stroke lead to the final round. Something along those lines. Let's see. And then just ran away with it. Yeah, it was. It was. And I I should say, like, this is this course is set up for Katrina. Yep. It really is. Um, And not to mention that she has been playing fantastic this Dude, year overall. So and many. It, her putting has been amazing. But this course is also set up for a power player like her. Uh, and. The uh, course setup for the FPO is slightly different. There's different tee pads yep. uh, for the FPO, so it's not quite the same uh, distance that you're looking at for the MPO division, but uh, still very, very impressive. And, I mean, she doubled up. So, you know, Katrina going 18 down and, and uh, Paige in second at 9 down. I mean, she she obliterated the field. She didn't. It was close. It was close. uh Towards the end of day two, and by close, I think it was like uh, five, four strokes, uh, and then and then she just uh, 
added. Well, the, the the round two, 10 down, no bogeys was, was really the end. So. Oh, yeah. No, and it, it, but this is also a course that you could easily get eaten alive and... Yeah, uh, but she stayed clean. She, th- but I mean, no, no other player was ten down for the tournament, and she went ten down in, in a single round. Oh yeah, so I, that was just she. She absolutely. Well, she's like been throwing thousand plus rounds for a, a minute here. Like, uh, we talked about this. I want to say two years ago, not last year. I think it was last year. With was Paige? it with Paige? Yeah, not two years early. Ago? Early last year, she was. She was really lighting it up yeah and it was a conversation as to whether Paige could be, could the, be the first, first yeah uh female thousand rated player and cats figuring it out so still uh diff- and we also saw that it would take a a lot of time to to get there for for both of those players yeah. so just based these ratings don't move quickly let's put it that way so well, it depends. It, it, <clears throat> I mean, it depends because you know they they drop off, and if you can string together thousand rated, yes, and yeah. that's what we were seeing with Paige before was that it would be like way over thousand rated, and then like mid high nine hundred thousand, low nine. Like if you, I mean, just like pro men, if you can if you can roll above thousand for five tournaments. I don't know if that's doable, but that's, you know, it's. It was not. It that would not be enough to put any of those players over, over that that rating. So because they play so many tournaments and they have so much right. of their rating accrued in there, it, it that that would not be. It's if you only play two tournaments a year, yeah, sure. <laughs> but so, cat, this is what you do. <laughs> you do two more tournaments over a thousand rated and you just take a hiatus yeah just just uh but it's also you know relative to uh to the other players so you can't just you know pick it and do it that way so no what i'm saying if you do two more and you're over a thousand like rated at that time you can take a hiatus because the other ones will drop off and that'll get you there i i don't but also think you need to make money and whatnot I don't so think I don't it works quite it like doesn't that. Work like, it definitely works like that well, no, but you you can't just like take a hiatus and your rating won't go up fifty points, so that that won't work like that. Well, the old tournaments drop off. Yes, it it's. I this isn't the place to discuss this, but no, you you can't just score two good tournaments and then. Well, not two. She's had multiple, but yeah, I <laughs> I said two more. Not yeah. just two. Yeah, two. Like two more. Still, so it makes it to where it's like five in like a six month span. And then just quit disc golf or not quit disc golf. <laughs> just you know, wait till you hit that thousand, then jump back in and have it instantly drop because <laughs> but whatever, you can be like first thousand rated like FPO player and then I get back don't. in and it goes away. It's fine. <laughs> it's fun for everyone. I think you still have to be an active player and, and you know. But you know, no no big deal. Okay. Take it all back. Well, no, because it all throw it does. Yeah, it's tough for FPO. The more I'm thinking about it, I think we because should, you can't. No, I know we totally should, but I just I'm gonna finish my thought. I may have had a beverage too watching basketball. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> there, like the rating is based on the field, right? So, like, yes, ultimately, it, like it's, 
It has so to you, do. So you can't, like, if you're playing FPO, you can't be like, I'm just going to do my local tournaments. It's not going to help you inflate if you're no, playing FPO. definitely not. Whereas if you're, like, an MPO player, there's there's probably 1,000 rated players, like, in your area that are playing, like, your local stuff. So if you play... But it's also relative to... I'm just saying, if you play a ton of B tiers, like, if you look at, like, Nico of, like, two years ago or three years ago, played, like, insane amount of tournaments... But they were all like C tier, B tiers, because the ratings relative, he was able to stay over that thousand. Whereas doing that same method as an FPO player isn't gonna help you get there. Uh, so it, the as complicated as the PDGA rating system is, it does do a very good job of accounting for uh, someone's attempt to just bag essentially is what you're what you're saying like I'm not saying like bag. so I'm so not like, saying like nico playing like a, a brian mince bagger well like so so nico playing a b tier in placerville or whatever it is and and getting a high rated round it even though it's relative to par and relative to the field he still has to score very very highly as a result to get a high rating it, it, just because of the field that he's playing it has nothing to do necessarily with that so um you're making way too much sense right now it, i don't think i can handle it there's there's no you, you there's no gaming the system i'm 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 getting the feeling you think that someone could like find a way to sneak in and and like get it done but it's not no my my more what i'm saying is there are less um high rated women well yes yeah definitely period and that changes it uh, okay i mean yes i mean there there is a massive ratings gap between the highest rated mpo players and the highest rated fpo players well but, but i'll also say do... i'll also there's there's a huge gap in the amount like let's say um 1000 rated mpo and 900 rated FPO. Uh huh. There is a huge gap in the amount of MPO versus FPO. Well, I mean, yes, there's there's like it, 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 like ten times more male disc golfers. Yeah. than, than I guess, there are yeah, female I guess disc golfers. We could just go right there to straight so, numbers I mean, and not have to about rating. Yes, I mean, probably way more than ten times, actually. Sadly, regardless, but the the, the majority of the 900 plus women are on the tour. I'll just uh, leave it there. I don't even know that that's true. I think there's a lot of really fantastic female players that don't know that that uh, touring is an option, and, or that that being a pro well, is an option. It's not really, but it's not an option for a but lot. But we just don't have a huge female presence in our sport to begin with. Like it's it's not it's not a huge part of it. I mean, we we know of a, you know, several female players in our area on a regular basis. The majority of the courses you go to, you see dudes every single day. So. It's something our sport has to work on and and you know try to grow and there's a lot of uh of female disc golfers out there trying to do just that. Cuz I think it is a sport that that can really be a you know a positive female athletic uh event. So I it, without a doubt. It's it's there but but trying to compare the two is is difficult. All right, <laughs> I'm going to continue this slightly. I've been I know trying you, to I save you. To no, no, no. Just... This is a question. I'm not making any statements. I'm not. I'm. I already know I'm <laughs> dumb. Um, do you think this is totally a question? I'm not 
that uh, less or more female disc golfers will make it easier for there to be a thousand rated FPO player. Oh, absolutely. More will make it easier. Um, I thought so. I just want to say because I already uh, feel like an idiot. Always, because number one would be competition. So more, uh, more ladies playing disc golf will result in more competition, which would result in better players, which would end up elevating the the rating for all, um, just in general. Uh, so d- definitely getting more ladies out on the courses would result in higher rated female players. I, I have no doubt on that. Agreed. Let's move on. So, <laughs> so <laughs> in first place at the San Francisco Open, we have Katrina Allen at 18 down, absolutely obliterated the field. She was just fantastic and has been this season. This is really Katrina Allen's uh, 2019 so far. So she has been uh, incredible. In second place, we have Paige Pierce at nine down. And then in third place, we have Madison Walker at two down. Sarah Hokum and Paige Birk is tied in fourth place at one down. Jessica Weiss in sixth place at two over. And then we have Rebecca Cox at four over. Kona Panis in eighth place at six over. And then Erica Stinkbaum, Stinkcomb. <laughs> wow. wow. Wow, Stinkcomb. I think it's Stinchcomb. But... Apologies. But uh, at nine over. And then Elaine King. MVP is Elaine King. In 10th place at 10 over. Wow, I had to just screw up a name at the end there. Oh, well, that's why I let Joe do it. So uh, that's our results for the San Francisco Open uh, in our backyard. We we love this tournament. So, And legitimately, we talk a lot of trash about disc golf courses that are set on ball golf courses. But this and by one, we, we mean Robin. Yeah, mostly me. But... Uh, this one is really fantastic and and has all of the elements of a a championship level disc golf course that you would want. So it's uh it gets a it gets a pass in my book. So Joe, you ready to uh, move on and talk about the Masters Cup? I am. So uh, Masters Cup, which is Santa Cruz de la Viega. Uh, an NT, so this is a, a big time one. The I think the most notable thing for this one is that uh, we got some weather. It has been raining in the Bay Area this entire week. That's true. Uh, they had a skins match today, which was filmed by Jomez, and uh, I believe it was like Nate Sexton, and I can't remember who else. I don't know. Nate Sexton's the only one. I, that I, I know, know Ricky was part of it too, and I believe Paul and maybe Eagle or something like that. But uh, I'm I, not totally sure on that. But they played a, a skins match today, and I guess Nate Sexton uh, managed to card the two on, on I-5, hole 13. On on film, on so, Instagram. We'll get to see that. Well, it'll be Jomez. Jomez filmed the whole thing. Well, yeah, but it was on Instagram, too. You can so, watch. The, well, you yeah. can see the, the putt, if yeah. you want to call it a putt. Putt. It was, the throw-in. Yeah, throw-in, for sure. Uh, but uh, so that happened. But we had a lot of rain, and there's more rain coming. Uh, it, so it could get a little weird out there. Um, you it, know, the, there is a lot of tree cover, so there rain is. doesn't destroy Dela, and a lot of slope. So though it's not, it's not like you're gonna have puddling or anything like that. Like water drains off fairly quickly, but it it just could affect some grip and things yeah. like that. 
and uh, could have some some rainstorms in some of these rounds. And also, the final round is on the ball golf course Boo. adjacent, so could be could be pretty wet on that one with no tree cover. So we'll we'll definitely have that. But uh, classic tournament. Uh, amazing course if you've never played it if you come to the bay area and you only play one course it, it needs to be day law if you play two you play day law and golden gate park if you play three you play day law golden gate park and glen eagles if no, you play no, no, four no 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 yeah you yeah. play stafford no. over glen eagles no no you play stafford no nope, i i don't. stand by that no the only reason you play Stafford is if you find a local that can be a guide for you. Otherwise, no. But you, Glen Eagles is not... Glen Eagles is a pro tour event. You've seen the people play it. You want to play it. You have to. pay $22. So what? You're still going to... I would rather... You, do you remember we played Milo and and how, how interesting it was to see, knowing and having seen the pro shots on film and then you yourself throwing you know, a similar line or something different or navigating that hole. It is an experience. You it, get it, to it understand. Is, but I do want to say like Glen Eagles and Milo are not in the same echelon. No, I, I agree. Okay. But, that's but, all. I, that's I, I'm fine with every other point. I just but want I, to make I'm just, sure that I'm was just saying that like from a, from a, a but disc I th- golf I fan. Think, I think for enjoyment of a course, Stafford is, Stafford should Amazing. not be played blind without. without no, I'm a guide. not saying blind. No way, I'm not saying so, that. So, so that's what I'm saying is. So you call us up and we meet you. Well, and yeah, but that's not always possible. I know. Whereas Glen Eagles is in San Francisco, and you could very easily go there without a guide and figure it out very easily. Also, if you play Glen Eagles and you throw discs mm-hmm. over the fence on uh, five, six, seven, or eight, those are gone forever. Just leave them. Don't don't try and get them. We don't. did hear that there was some car break-ins. Yep, Nico Sad got his, Nico got stuff jacked. Yeah, uh, uh, not yep. Glen Eagles is not in the best neighborhood in San Francisco, sadly. Um, so there was uh, just heads up. There's some issues there, but um, and then if you're gonna play four courses, yeah, I'd put Stafford in there. And if you go five, uh, you you can put Skyline after Stafford. Hmm. Maybe. Where would your five be, Taylor? No, I would. I would send him up to Shady Oaks. Oh, but that's like that's not Bay Area. No, but that's I not mean, Bay if Area. You're, if you're going all the way to to Skyline from the Bay Area, it's Skyline. Know, it's only like an hour closer. and ten minutes further. <laughs> Skyline is way closer to Bay Area than so. Than Shady. I'm just mostly like you know for for someone that's traveling to see a course that like that that has you know, some history to it and things like that. Like those are the courses you'd want to hit. So. Yes. Uh, anyways, going back, Dela is, is, is a bucket list course that we're lucky enough to play multiple times and we'll play a lot more. Um, it lives in that, in that, you know, when you talk about Milo, we just played Milo and, there are holes that are way more epic than you could imagine once you're there in person. And I think Dela is even more so um, when you're there, it is so different in person than you see on film. Yeah. Uh, in the most amazing and brutal ways possible. 
I would say parts of Milo weren't as difficult as I thought. Yeah. Uh, from the footage, like from the footage, I thought certain holes were really, really difficult. And when I got there, you know, getting to the landing zone wasn't that hard. It's specifically there was like a hole you see a lot of forehand rollers and it seemed like from the film that like the forehand roller it's a shot and in reality like you could throw a pretty simple flat hyzer and it was going to be fine right um and so there was definitely some uh kind of spots there where i was like oh okay well this isn't that bad and there were other ones where i'm like okay yeah this takes a couple of bombs to to get here um de la is so technical and there's certain holes that just don't have a solution for an amateur arm. Like you just, you got nothing like you, there's nothing you can do about it. You, you're not going to get it to unless you get lucky. And that's that. Well, it's also an old school California course that everything is a part three and there are definitely multiple fours. Yeah. At De La, uh, that, that throw off the score in the first place. There's blind shots. There's all sorts of crazy shapes you need to get to shots. There's also missile straight, like close to 400 foot shots. There's just nutty stuff there. Yeah. And uh, not to mention all the rollaways, the roots, the, the, oh, yeah. the crevasses, the cliffs. Just there's all kinds of danger all around you on every single shot. So, yeah, there's there's multiple holes where it's like. If you have a misplay off the tee, your disc is gone. You are reteeing. Yeah. And a lot of other ones where you can have a beautiful shot off the tee and land that disc at the basket and have it skip into death. I mean, day lot is not a term uh, for jokings. Like, it's for real. So, uh, it's a fantastic tournament it's every single year. It's also the most fun course to play. Like, Oh, it's, it's awesome. You... It, absolute must play like we said number one if you come to the bay area go hit it you have to it's worth the drive from san francisco so oh yeah oh 100 and golden gate park obviously in the middle of san francisco a, a, a fantastic course but if you come into the bay area make sure you get down there so yep well worth it so uh do you want to do picks for for uh yeah, I think I went first last Cup? time, so you, you get to go first this time. What are we doing? Are we doing? Uh, I'm just grip six. We're grip six, and I haven't done that at all yet. So can oh, we man. can we just do like top three or four like we did in the past? I feel better about that. I guess. No, that's fine. So, all right. So I'm going first. Yeah. So yeah. Who's going four? All right. I'm going to take Nate Sexton in fourth place. You know, I had Nate Sexton in and out this entire time, and I uh, ultimately um, have decided to keep him out. I'm going, even regardless of the putting woes, I just love what Lazat does at at De La. And you got the ball golf course at the, at the yep. end of the so, day. So I got so. Lazat and four. Okay. Because he was injured last year? Two years ago. I can't remember. I feel like he was out last year for some reason. Yeah. All right. So in uh, fourth place, I'm going to take. Third place. Oh, third place. Damn it. All right. In uh, third place, I'm going to take James Conrad. 
I'm going to take Eagle McMahon. I'm going to take Ricky Waisaki in second place. I'm also going to take <laughs> Ricky Waisaki in second place. And I'm going to take Paul McBeth in first place. I am going to take Josh. Ant- no, I'm going to take Paul McBeth <laughs> in the first place. So I've got I've got uh, Lazat McMahon, Waisaki, McBeth. Yeah. You picked a lot of good players. I did. I didn't. I just feel like they're like raring to attack. You know who who's my super dark horse though? Uh, who I thought about having be my dark horse at SFO, and I'm happy I didn't. But uh, I would not be blown away to see big stuff from Matt Bell. I I think I honestly feel like I should have taken Rick to win because his uh, energy and how confident he was. I mean, he was. Fist bumping and bouncing around. He was. Like, he was pumped. I love that. I yeah. loved seeing that. Uh, so, but I, Paul McBeth's I feel like he's tapped in. Yeah, I know he is. But uh, and he's played ex- exceptionally well at this course. But so is Ricky. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't feel great about about choosing Paul over Ricky because uh, you know we had what a couple years ago that hundred foot putt to win or whatever it was. Yep. yep. And. Uh, that's where Raptor Legs came from. Exactly. So that that famous putt there. So I don't really feel great about about any of that. I I love Eagle and Eagle is playing great, um, but I I haven't seen great showings from him here at 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 uh, at Daylaw. So I think it's his time though. But I, I it could go all over the place like. But he's he's playing fantastic. I do. Like I love your Sexton pick, and I wanted it. But then when he got that two on I five, I was like, he used it up. No, I it, it it's <clears throat> it's one of those courses where yes, you have to be able to have those powerful throws, Play and clean. also having the, the ball golf course at the in the final round makes a big deal for that too. Um, Sexton has played ex- extremely well on on all those, but you also have to be a tactician and save your strokes through the the rest of the course so and he he above all else knows how to do that so i uh fully support and understand that and i would not be blown away if there were you know one of my four in the top and three other people like yep of course it's uh it's it's how it works yeah all right uh fpo should we do three yeah we'll do three uh, and third, uh, I I feel like there's gonna be a little bounce back here. I'm gonna take Paige Bjorkus. Oh damn it! That was exactly what I was gonna do. Um, then we're gonna end up the same three. I think we are. <laughs> That's fine. Unless I do something that I don't want to okay, do. I'll just go. Uh, Page, Page, Katrina. Yep. All right. All right. That's, That's what fine. I was That's do. fine. Like you know, it is what it is. <sighs> I, I we're supposed to be different, but I mean you can jump in if you want to mix it up. But I already told I don't. Like, I already said what mine are. It's I page, don't. It's Paige Page Cat. So. I mean I I feel like we're doing a little disservice to Hokum because she she does play well here. Um, I still don't feel like she's got the the but, MVPness down. But <laughs> whoa, whoa, the MVPness. Her MVPness is not. Oh, oh I get it. I thought you were saying M- I get oh, it. No, I get oh. it now. You're talking oh, about oh, her. No. No, no. I thought you you're you're talking about the sponsorship and yeah. sponsored by MVP. I thought you were, you know, it's dirtness. It's like I I made a mistake, all right? It happens. 
That's fine. We'll figure it out. We'll just, we'll move on. Hopefully uh, no one else realizes what just happened and it'll be okay. So, uh, yeah. But I still think she's got a real good shot. And, and Jessica Weiss too. She's, she's let me down on some picks. So I, I can't do that anymore until, until I see it. But I could easily see Hokum have a fantastic tournament. So, yeah. I could see this be like a crazy, like, Zoe and Ike jam, too. Just saying. Yeah. Why not? Why not? All right, Joe. Are are you ready to do a deer review? Yeah. You want to hand me one of them, twos? I can. All right. It's time. No, no, no. One of the. For our world famous deer review. Them Ds. Our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc. We take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight. We have the Streamline Discs Flare, which is a nine-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, 3.5-fade, overstable, fairway, control distance driver, right? Yeah, I guess it's overstable. (laughs) And we're pairing that with Boat Show IPA by Yellow Springs Brewery, which is a 7% IPA sent to us by Mike Fonderheide, uh... Midwest Mike. Midwest Mike. From our Slack group, which you should join. We have an awesome Slack group full of disc golfers. Almost 600 people, and they're just kicking it, talking disc golf, and (laughs) all sorts of other fun and random things. So if you're looking for a place to talk disc golf with lots of disc golfers, go to our website, throwstuffatstuff.com, and hit the join Slack link. And uh, it'll take you there, and you can chat all day. It's great. We'll welcome you. You'll have a great time. I guarantee it'll be awesome. So, all right. Joe, where do you want to start? I'm starting with a disc. Uh, by the way, if you didn't see it, there is one in front of your laptop. I, You need to be a little bit more clear or like use the one that's right in front of your, your like on top of your laptop. No, I'm talking about the disc. Oh, I know that. I thought you were talking about oh, the Oh, no, beer. I was saying there's a disc like right now. I didn't know You're if you are holding one. one in your hand. What well, you... anyways. Uh, Jesus. This thing is crazy flat like like you could you could eat food on it it's almost that flat i guess usually it's uh does your di- how flat does a disc need I to be to eat plates, food on it well, like i think i could eat food off of every single disc we have here it would be hard to eat food off of a soul ah i mean it'd be hard to eat soup off of that but <laughs> i <laughs> i'm not talking soup <laughs> I mean, t- I mean, like, what? You mo- you're being a jerk right now. I'm just trying to talk about how flat this shit is, and you're getting all into semantics. It is like, what are we talking about? Like, you're trying to put some blueberries on there and see if they stay, or blueberries would definitely stay on this. <laughs> blueberries would would totally be fine on this bad boy. Um, you're gonna drop a glob of yogurt on there? It'd probably stick on well, any one of these. Yeah, I would say yogurt. That's a silly one to bring up because, of course, yogurt's gonna stick on. Whatever. I'm just trying to think of things like uh, <laughs> maybe Robin's like, I have 14. Oh, kids. you know, it work. What right? are what are food for kids? I was just uh, let's see, well, blueberries, I mean, yogurt, uh, cheese. Well, um, these are all foods that Joe eats. Apple slices. Like, do you do you really want like? Do you just brought up fruits and how yogurt? About some- I don't eat any of that shit. <laughs> That's, that's like that's like too healthy. Get right. out of here. You could put a hamburger patty on any of these and, and probably be okay. Yeah, I guess so. Some fries, maybe a little ketchup. All right, fuck you. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> fucking dick. Uh, the the numbers the nine four zero three point five. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I'd say even that 3.5. Could go to 4. Could go to 4. I, I was thinking 9404, totally. I feel like this is a... Uh, I guess we don't own one. Robin owns something very close to when you see on like any auction sites or you hear people talk like the, the flat and firm Firebirds. Yeah, that's not flat as fuck? It should be flat as fuck. I always think flat as fuck, but someone's a flat and firm, and so I was trying to be like yeah. no, I- clean to that. But uh, yeah, this shit is beefy as fuck. Yeah, and- it is not. It is. It is. I will be. The, I will be the one to say it. It is not OGH one stable. It's pretty fucking stable it's though. It's damn close. It yeah. is damn close. So uh, what Joe is referring to, I have a uh, an a old. A glow, a glow firebird, which is extremely stiff and extremely overstable. Probably the most overstable disc that I have in my bag. Um, actually, not probably. It definitely it, is one hundred percent. So it that's kind of what I was comparing it to. It's got a very blunt nose to it and stuff like that. And the flare is. Equally stiff, but one of the nice things about this uh, streamlined plastic, this cosmic neutron plastic that they're calling it, um, is it's got a nice grip to it. So it's it's the not, plastic is lovely. Yeah, and so it, it, you've got this kind of gummy almost feel to it, yet it is still very very stiff uh, and very overstable. I mean, you can put everything you got into this disc, and you're still going to get. A, a pure hyzer line to it. You can forehand uh, with a, a pretty steep anhyzer. It's still going to flex out of it. Um, it's. I threw some pretty hard uh, low anhyzers that flexed out and, and went good distance. Yeah, they're like anti-hyzer flips. Um, anhyzer, anhyzer reverse flips. I also threw some uh, pretty rad grenades. <laughs> Jesus. You and your grenades. I did. They were great. Yeah. Joe uh, now uh, putts grenades. It's uh hasn't worked out well, but he thinks it looks cool. That's not true. My putting is still solid. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, it is exactly what Streamline was going for. In my mind, this is exactly what Streamline wanted to do. Right now, MVP Streamline are killing it in the... Um, I want it to do that, like the the trying to mirror or mimic. I guess they're well. They they released several now uh, over stable discs. Well, I yes, but I feel like they've yeah, and they're killing. And that was their their our biggest concern with them was their ability to put out over stable stuff. And they were like, "Fuck you guys." Yeah, they're like, "Oh hey, what's up? Have you seen a nitro?" Check this shit out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, you want a deflector? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> oh, Firebird? Yeah. Check this flare out. It's that. Like, it is. It's money. It it uh, it feels good in the hand. Like Robin said, the, the plastic is legit. Um, it's real nice. And that's, that's kind of that other piece, too, when you talk about the FAF Firebird or, or Robin's, like, they are very much like one of a kind discs. They're very much um, you get them or or you don't have them. You you don't replace them easily, and that's kind of one of the neat things with the flare is uh, this is the start of the production line. And so far, and I could be wrong, and, and I assume it will go this way, but I can't guarantee it. But in my mind, 
Um, they've been pretty clean at being consistent with runs. I've never heard someone be like, oh, my streamline of this color flies different than the streamline of X color. Like they're they're pretty consistent, which is a great thing to think about. Should if you're also looking for this disc. Note that this is a three color stamp on a swirly what they're calling cosmic uh neutron plastic, but is essentially swirly. Like Joe's holding one that looks like a damn watermelon. And uh, you know, they've got some nice swirls in them and the the foil on the stamp itself is is three different colors. So it's it's a pretty nice looking disc to begin with. And the fact that it is so overstable is intriguing. I mean, this is the kind of thing you're not going to throw at every shot unless you're, you know, well, frankly, unless you suck and you think that you have to Anheuser everything. This is, you know, you're not going to throw at every shot. But Oh, no, please don't. This is the kind of disc that once or twice around, you're going to need something like this to get out of trouble or when you really need to get as far to the right as possible for a right-handed player on a forehand or as far to the left as possible on a backhand for a right-handed player. And it, it'll it just fade. It'll just go. And at like a low skip shot, like there's a oh, lot yeah. of different kind of sure. utility type shots that you can play with this disc. And it's impressive. I'm, I'm, Robin, is, what, what do you call this part of the, the rim? Like the bottom of the rim? Yeah, yeah. I love that MVP Axiom Streamline emboss their like PDGA stuff and the name of their disc on the bottom of the rim rather than the inside. That's my only thing I dislike about yeah. Discraft is that it's inside the rim. Yeah. Because um, I'm super like feel oriented. Like, and when I feel that on my Joe's fingertips, it bothers me. Um, it looks real good, and it doesn't get in the way of, of the feel for me, so I really dig that part of it. And you don't ever have to deal with anyone being like, what disc is this? Because it's, it's embossed on the on the bottom of the rim. No, you'll still get that, though. I'm sure. I mean, but like, it's just it time until flared. we get, Does that we mean get it? a picture of the bottom of a disc like on Slack with it like be like, oh, see where it says it right there? Yeah, it's, it, that's what it is. I thought that meant that it was flammable. Yeah. So, thank you, Julian. If we didn't already say this, by the way, you sent these. That's to us. true. Thank you, Julian. For- um, so let's talk about the beer because I think we've gushed enough about the flare. I think so. I didn't even bring up the flare uh, page there. We didn't even need it. That was that was good. So uh, this is a seven percent alcohol uh, American IPA by Yellow Springs Brewery, which uh, Joe uh, has an issue with the name of the brewery, but. We still like it. I was going to talk about the beer first and then get into the name of the brewery. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, go ahead. Boat show. Nope, too IPA. far. Too, too, we already got too deep in. I'm assuming there's like a local springs that are called like Yellow Springs. But it's, the, it's the town. Oh, the town. Ta- anyways. Um, Yellow Springs, Ohio. That just it sounds gross. I mean, it does kind it of seem like, like maybe. It sounds like pee-pee water. Okay. Like, it sounds like pee pee water. Don't well, say okay. Like it sounds like pee pee water. Listen, there are some parts of the country that that that, that value pee pee water. They don't or? have the sanitation that we have access what to. What are you trying to say maybe, about Yellow Springs, Ohio? That's fucked. Maybe bro. they have to pee in their springs. I I don't know. <laughs> Why? How do you think they keep them warm springs? Yeah. <laughs> so, I. Yeah. 
It's warm springs, and it's I don't warm because everyone pisses in it. I don't want to judge these people. Also, maybe there's some sort of mineral compounds in the local water that makes it yellow and has nothing to do, and they're very sanitary people. That's probably what it is, but it sounds like pee-pee water. I'm just right. saying. I'm just saying. I'm sure there's reasoning. I'm sure it makes total sense. I'm sure it's totally fine. Well, it's but a boat. for people that don't know about the town of Yellow Springs, Ohio, it sounds like pee-pee water. Well, it's... It's a boat show IPA, so they're at least willing to, you know, take their boats out on the water. Yeah, tickets to the boat show. So, like, if you're going to get out on a boat, you have to, at some point, worry that you might have to fall out of the boat. And I don't think they would do that if the water was, you know. Have you ever gone to a lake before? Yes. Have you ever, like, been in the water in the lake? Yes. Have you ever peed in a lake? Um, of course. Yeah, you drink beer in lake. I mean, that's part of the deal. Like, you just- Well, fish pee in lakes all the time. <laughs> fucking fish dicks <laughs> anyway so, i mean no matter what you're gonna be in fish let's piss. let's tell you about the beer yeah that was probably a good idea <clears throat> that's a it is a very nice ipa especially for a seven percent like you you don't taste the seven like it's a nice very calm um clean ipa this is like a like a a local go-to like th- that's what I categorize these ones, where it's a smooth, uh, a semi-tropical citrusy IPA that is seven percent alcohol. This is the kind of thing where it's local to you, and you're going to go back to this well as much as possible because it's pretty much what you're looking for. You're looking for great flavor out of it. You're looking for crispness, and that seven percent. But it's like a nice, like light IPA too. Like if you were like, it's a session, I'd be like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's very light. It's but then like, it's seven percent because it kicks ass, and I, I, that's what I likes about it. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's kind of like a just a, a, a tropically fruit sort of flavor on this one. It's good. I like it. Yeah. No, it's not. There's no part of it that's like over the top in any section. Not like overly piney, overly fruity, overly hazy, like. There's not a big kick in the pants, but that's kind of what I dig about it. So, and they're saying on the hops, you got Simcoe, Citra, Cascade, Columbus. So those... Maybe that's a nice... It's just a good, like, mix of hops just to, yeah. like... They all calm each other out almost. Yeah. Um, and it's just super nice. It's it's a refreshing 7%. Very much. Uh, you, very citrusy. I'd say that's the, the biggest... Yeah. yeah. Uh, the biggest, oh, you know flavor profile that that i'll get out of this from the hops so pretty citrusy a little bit after that you just kind of call it like tropical like maybe mango or something yeah like there's that. no big hot pit but it's not like overly like dank no. or malty like yeah. it's uh it's like a very easy drinker and that some it's almost like um Like it's, the aftertaste is almost like a, a watered down, like uh It's just mild. Tangerine. Like it's, it's not yeah. it's not overly bitter. No. Uh, you know, like a no. heavy IBU type thing. So it's it's just very smooth. You still get the hop flavor to it, but it's not crazy bitter. Um and almost has like a like a little bit of sweetness to it. Like, yeah. like a little honey or something like yep. that. So Yeah, it's good. I I dig it. I, for I love sure it. Dig it. And right. of course we were sent uh by uh, Midwest Mike, thank you so much. He actually works for uh, and he sent us a six pack, Springs, and so. we're on the last two. Yeah, so boat show. Boat. I feel like it has to be said that way, right? Yeah, I think so. It makes sense. Um, 
I'm on a boat. I, I would I would I would drink this all the time. Like I Absolutely. I would I could easily just have this in my fridge and this be my like nightly drinker. Uh, it's just crisp, clean, easy drinking, easy drinking, refreshing seven percent. Like it's it's nice. Um, I dig it if I if I saw it around. I would look past the the P water name of the brewery. It's not nice. I feel like you should you should apologize. To I the, do apologize. I just the poor told people you of Yellow Springs, Ohio. The beer, the beer is very good. I know, but but you've insulted the the people, and they they now. Do you think I'm the first one to bring that up? Do you think there's not multiple people in that said town maybe. that are like, maybe we should change the name of our town? I, I I'm guessing they have not done that Mike, at all. Do you love the fact that you live in a town? Po- well, I don't know. If maybe you live there. maybe they've got like a native flower that is very yellow that goes around their their wonderful springs. That is, you know, it's that's part of it. I don't and know. And what's the name of the flower? Yellow. I don't know. Oh, this is the yellow flower. Yeah, sure. Because they could totally just be like, this is like the uh, name of random flower. Uh, marigolds. Okay, this is a Marigold Springs Brewery. Oh, totally well, better already. Done. Not everyone is a botanist. Maybe they didn't know the name. Well, of the maybe flower. you need to give them a call, <laughs> Mike. If you need Robin to call you and and uh, give you some advice, uh, help you out. Anyways, beer is great. The disc. Um, w- w- I'm not gonna bag. I'm not gonna bag. <sighs> Why not? You need this disc. This is like, to be honest, you need this disc. You don't, you keep using that stupid H1. No, I took the H1 out. This is better than that. It is. Mm, it, mm. This is yes more usable no. than that. Yes, it, it is. It is. It and is. And you it's don't bag such, a Firebird that's this stable. I don't, but I can do what I need with the Firebirds I have. No, And I'm trying no, to cut can't. down molds. I'm trying to cut down mold like, like Robin's one trying to put more mold on You around. don't, you don't, you know, you don't, see, you use the sexy birds, but they're not, they're not stable like this, I bad mean, boy. when you throw them on a grenade, though. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I think you need it. It's just like, this is your turbulence. This, I have a turbulence. I know, but this is your faster turbulence. You're going to want it. It's we'll gonna, see. Currently, I won't bag it. I'm not going to shut it out for like I'm not gonna say never. By the end Currently, of the week, it's not in the bag. It's gonna be in if Joe's we bag. play enough disc golf. It's gonna. It's happen. a rad disc though. I'll 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 go there. So it's going into yours. No. <laughs> Fuck you, fucking piece of shit. <laughs> fucking cunt. Whoa. Yeah, I went. Whoa. All the way. I went deep. I went Joe. way into it. Joe, that was not a nice. We do not use that word. I just did. That is not. I will. So you tell me. I will see you next Tuesday. You that tell is not me a good. Why you won't. Tell me why you won't. Why I won't what? Say carry that. Say this, that awful word you just said. Carry this disc because it's insensitive. Carry this disc. Why won't you? Why won't this? Why won't you buy this brash. disc? I don't know why you would even need to call someone a name like that. It's just, it's just weird. But uh, oh, why I won't bag this disc? God, I thought you were talking about. Nah, got it. Uh so my main thing is, I have a, a Firebird that. That's that you can't replace. That I can't replace. That does something similar to this, which is cool. Which kind of makes sense to put something that you can easily replace. Well, in your bag. I can still have this in the shedio, but ready, you could also just put this in the bag, ready and now you don't to, have to worry to be about there. So, the thought of a disc that you can't replace uh, going away. No, I, I very well might do that, but at the moment, I still I still think. That uh, the Firebird I have is slightly more overstable, but I can't prove that. Ooh, I don't know. It's it's very close. 
Um, and and that's a compliment for sure for this disc. Um, so it's 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 it might be a problem. Let's put it that way. It feels better than that disc. I'll tell you right now. It this does. Feels oh, better, it absolutely does, without a doubt, than that Firebird. So yeah, I I don't ah, I don't know because so I I bag a sexy bird, but I really I I primarily use Thunderbirds for a lot of what people use uh, sexy birds for. So I already am not like a a Firebird dependent player. I just use them for utility shots uh, and and overstable shots, and then you know. So it's tough for me because I don't, it's not a staple of my game, but it's still an important part of, of, uh, you know, saving strokes on certain holes. So it's an important part of your identity. Yeah, it's there. So I, it, the flare is on my radar for sure. Like it's, it's impressive. I really love the plastic. Uh, the flatness of it makes it great for a forehand shot and it is overstable as you want it to be. It is, and perfect. I don't know that I've that we. I'll say myself, and you can jump in if you want. I don't know that we've thrown a better Firebird clone. Yeah, the closest thing would be the FD three. That's but but. That does almost doesn't count because it's made by the same company. And there's and, such a wide ra- like I mean, yeah. Doombirds are like real close to Thunderbirds. Yeah, they're not even. Yeah, fire like. But w- when you talk about like when I talk about a Firebird clone, I talk about um, or I think of like your Glow or the FAF like yeah the beef of beef Firebird yeah the Flare is doing a really good job. A- absolutely. All right, so are we? Is that that's two for two on the beer? Two for two. Oh yeah, two for two and on the beer. I, I think a combined one. All right, so out of two for the beer because we're both like. Oh, I'm. I'm looking. Want to? I'm looking at her. She's she's got my eye. Looking pretty good, but you yeah. know, I you know I, I got to dance with the one that brought the one who brung me. <laughs> uh, but we'll see where the night ends. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So wh- what's our rating, Joe? This is a um Yeah, I got to pee. Uh this is a washed up Paul Macbeth. <laughs> what? Poor Paul Macbeth. Yeah, this is like, oh, we thought he was going to just destroy everything. He's like, "Oh, I'm not good anymore. I guess I'll do like most of it and play okay and then come back and still finish <laughs> second from Chase card." Because I'm not great, but I'm still really good. Got it. Poor Paul. Well, Paul, we're sorry. We we didn't mean to insult you. And we hope that you play well at the Masters Cup this weekend in Santa Cruz. On account of we both just <laughs> picked you to win. Yes. Yes. But, you know, there was also some insults lobbed and, you know... Possibly an insinuation that you might be washed up. We possibly, <laughs> aside from being like washed up. <laughs> By insinuation, I mean someone on this show directly said that. This was tongue in cheek, Paul. Come on, you know. With that said, we thank you for listening to this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. We hope you tune in to another episode.
before you do that, go to iTunes or whatever podcast app you catch this podcast on. Drop five stars on us. Leave a nice rating. It really helps to get new listeners. Then go to patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast and become a patron of the show. You will get access to our pre-show recordings. It's like a second disc golf podcast every single week. And there's already like 70 of them. So if you burned through our episodes and you're looking for more, become a patron instantly. You'll get 70 episodes that are in best case scenario, not safe for work. Worst case scenario, not safe for life. Um, they're they're just generally ridiculous pre-shows. They're 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 awesome. You're gonna like it. We we have a good time. After you do that, go to our website, throwstuffandstuff.com, and hit the join Slack link and join our awesome Slack group full of disc golfers from all over the world. You can find people from your area, meet up with disc golfers, talk disc golf, get tips on your form trade discs, all kinds of awesome stuff happening 24-7. Do it. Throw stuff at stuff.com. Join Slack. Get up in there. It's an incredible place. And then in the meantime, get out there and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard in fact sometimes that's not right to do sometimes you got to lay it up and fucking not run an ace or two sometimes you got to ease if you want to put the d's and the b's sometimes you got to say hey i'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly and then you say hey I hit some metal and then you say wait a minute Robin I think I'm starting to get it now could you fill my throat for me that's fucking teamwork what's your favorite disc that's cool with me it's not a trespass but i guess it works for you what's your favorite beer the only answer is an ipa so let's go to the bar and then i'm gonna flick it so sweetly and then i'll fucking hug it softly and then i'll fucking throw it perfectly but then I'm on a high